and welcome to Connected Conversations for Creatives. It's a place for creatives like you to learn, grow, and to connect. I'm your host, Jennifer Carr, and I am so excited to be back for a new season. It is jam-packed with some fantastic guests, and today's guest is no exception. You might think that being a creative person means being able to create content for social media and marketing, and it should just come naturally to you, but... When you start trying to produce the content you think will be successful, you find yourself spinning your wheels and growing frustrated, and you're not alone. As a writer, I tend to dump all of my creativity into my stories, so what's left is that I have enough time and patience to pick up a trending TikTok sound, put it in a template, and throw a Hail Mary like a hand grenade. So today, I am thrilled to introduce to you my guest, Alex Hitt, who will hopefully help us shed some light on navigating content creation, With over 37,000 followers on TikTok, Alex runs a networking organization for content creators called Creator Networking. He hosts a podcast, is a leading expert on creator communities, and has been a full-time social media coach for two years. So with all that being said, Alex, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Uh, I really appreciate the introduction. It was great. Oh, absolutely. So, Alex, give us a little more detail about you as a person and how you found yourself creating a network for creators. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was a hotel manager for a long time before COVID. That's what I did full time. And then obviously got laid off while the hotels closed down. And I was stuck thinking, what the heck am I going to do now? I thought I'd do that for the rest of my life. And now it's not really a possibility. So I became a real estate agent, you know, and realized uh, that's a pretty hard job, right? And to uh, find clients as a real estate agent, you're pretty much on your own. And so I had to do something I really didn't want to do, which was use social media for myself and for my business. And, and, ha- and I had to start putting myself out there. Now, I, ha- I had experience with social media because I had managed it for the big hotels that I worked for, but I never wanted to be in front of the camera. I was the guy who like posted once on Facebook every year and it wouldn't even be me. It'd be like a sunset. Right. And I'd say like, you know, something really moody, like time goes slow or like, you know, something like really kind of silly, but because I just didn't want to be on social media. But when I became a real estate agent, I said, okay, this is absolutely necessary if I want to make any money. You know, it was COVID. We were locked down. You know, how do you meet people was through social media. So I started putting out videos for myself and I was actually pretty surprised, um, but I ended up doing three real estate deals in my first year selling million dollar houses each time to complete strangers that I met online and I never paid for an advertisement. It was just through these social media strategies that I had kind of learned from the hotels that I worked at. And then I was like, wow, like I'm pretty good at social media. I didn't think it'd you know, be that fast or I'd have that much success. And I really wanted to start an online business, which real estate is kind of the opposite of that. Um, so I want to start an online business. So I started offering, you know, coaching to other people. I said, Hey, I'm having this great success. Could I teach you for a really, really low kind of entry price? And people, people took me up on that and started coaching a little bit more. And then in 2022, I actually grew my social media coaching business larger than my real estate business. So that was, that was really big and started coaching, you know, hundreds of kind of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, real estate agents, um, coaches online and learned a ton from there, from that as well. Right. And was able to actually find specific formulas that really no matter what industry or what group, this kind of social media formula or strategy, you know, works kind of across the board. So I learned a lot from there. And then I said, wow, um, I really want to connect with more creators. 
how I grew a lot of my business was through social media and through online business networking. And what I noticed at these online business networking events was that there weren't many social media creators. And the reason for that was really social media content creation and online business networking are essentially two different forms of lead generation. But I, I saw such an amazing opportunity for social media content creators to do online business networking, um, but they just weren't aware of it. Because, you know, two social media creators, they can really collaborate online. They can really, you know, I, I call it collective reach, but they can do what we're doing now, collaborate on content, share audiences, and really expand, you know, exponentially through using something called other people's platforms or collective reach. So that was the impetus of me starting this kind of my own networking group for social media creators was to kind of get them all together so we can mastermind, share strategies, but also combined audiences so we can all grow quicker. And it's been really successful. So we we have huge, huge social media creators come on there, like Corey ASMR, who has over a million followers on TikTok and almost 300,000 on YouTube and um, some really amazing creative agency owners and uh, Emmy award-winning um videographers. I mean, it's just the coolest group of creatives. And I love it because it's not a meeting about sales. It's truly a meeting about collaboration and, and how can we help each other. And um, so I just, I, you know, I'm really blessed to have the caliber of people coming to the meeting because I didn't even know if like if they wanted to do this, but people, people have really been liking it. So. Yeah, no, that's a great journey um, because I've always, I've always owned my own business. Like that is whatever I've been doing. It's been my business. And I am in charge of and responsible for all of the content that gets created because as an entrepreneur, or in this case now, an authorpreneur who has to market her own books and her, um, you know, any other resources that she creates, um, it's, it's a big undertaking. And there is a learning curve that sometimes I just don't have the time or patience for. Because um, like I said, there are times where I'm just like, mm, that looks like a really fun template. We're going to use that. And there's no originality to it whatsoever, except maybe the picture I add to it, which, you know, for some platforms that works, but then there are others where you kind of have to be a little more, um, I don't know, you have to connect with people a little deeper um, rather than like a seven second video. Um, so thinking about your journey and and when you started, um, just in the last two years, even, what do you think like some of the most significant changes have been in the content creating world? Well, I definitely think it's getting a lot more competitive. I think when TikTok first came out, you saw a lot of creators with little to no experience opening up their camera and just recording their thoughts and, and getting a million followers and making $100,000 in their first month. And, uh, and that was really because there was this many users of TikTok and this many creators, right? But now kind of the cat's out of the bag, short form vertical video is out there. Everybody really understands it. Now with AI tools and you know AI video editing, man, it's really that that space is really blowing up. And there's a lot more competition in the space, mm -hmm. and so people have to be a lot more kind of maybe technical or strategic. You can't just throw videos up on TikTok and, and expect to get a million followers when that's kind of how it was, you know, maybe one or two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was always, you know, my first business was TikTok coaching. I would coach people on how to use TikTok. That was in 2000, out of 2021, 2022. And at the time. 99% of businesses didn't even consider using TikTok. They're like, Tic TikTok, what's that? Or my granddaughter uses TikTok. Why would I ever use it? But I mean, if you watch any episodes of Shark Tank, they always say, who does your TikTok? Who does your social media? Who's making your short form? And, and the majority of businesses on their credit short form vertical video as the reason they are successful as new entrepreneurs. And why is that? Well, it's how the content is distributed. 
how YouTube was or how LinkedIn or, you know, how these sites is you have to search for the content, right? And then click on it and then watch it. Short form video is completely different. It's the, it's the, uh, Tinder swipe, right? So if you don't like something, you swipe away and it immediately brings you a new piece of content. How that video is decided, what video is next is based upon an algorithm, right? So everyone talks about this algorithm. Well, these algorithms are very sophisticated now and they can target you with specific videos that um, they think you'll be interested in, right? So, and in this style of, or this um, method of content distribution is called organic reach, right? So if you want to post content online for free, and get it and have it have a lot of views, you know, that's called organic reach. And the best place to get organic reach in 2021, 2022, 2023, probably for the next five, six years is going to be through this short form video content. That's interesting. And I wonder, uh, you know, this is just my psychology background coming through, but I wonder if it's this, you know, we don't have attention spans anymore for long form content. Um, because I know that with like this morning, I, I posted a really, really quick like, hey, I'm so excited. I'm recording the first episode of the new podcast this um, this morning. And um, I mean, just like that, there were, you know, 200 people that were already viewing it kind of thing. Um, yep. But with that being said, you know, maybe maybe we don't have attention spans for it. But is there a place for long form content? Are people still going for that? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. I, I think it's two things. I think you know, when I coach business owners, I say, hey, we have to get your whole business down into 30 seconds. You have to be a much better communicator. You have to have a more efficiency or more economy of words, right? You have to be quicker at transmitting information. So in a way, I think maybe we're actually just wanting information faster and quicker. And video is the easiest way to transmit that, you know, <laughs> combining audio, visual, you know, Sensor, you right, combining all these things to communicate a message in a really short, condensed package. So I think there is a lack of attention span generally. Um, you know, there's kind of this phantasmagoria that goes on, these flashing lights and colors, and everybody wants to be hyper stimulated all the time. I think that's totally true. But I also think that there is definitely a desire for long form content too. I mean, look at all the people who binge Netflix, right? They'll binge 10 episodes of an hour long show in one day, right? That's if true. it keeps their, if it keeps their attention, it keeps them in and it has amazing storytelling or it gives them a reason. So I think people are hungrier for content now more than ever, but the, I, the expectations are a lot different, right? The expectations of what that content is, you know, the biggest mistakes that I see business owners doing is, you know, they, they're not understanding what's in it for the audience. They're looking, they're, they're thinking about commercials in the olden days, come down to, you know, hey, my name's John Smith and I have this business and this is what we, that's not the style anymore. The style is user-generated content, content that comes out organically from an individual creator. And that's a big change too. The, the, the change from the, you know, these media companies, ABC, NBC, Fox, right? These used to be the big kind of media companies. All, all media really would come out of Hollywood and these kind of news, news outlets, right? Media channels. Now, Everybody is their own media channel. Everybody has the power to have, you know, has this TV studio in their phone, right? And everybody can become a content creator and a media company onto themselves. That's another big change is that content creation media has been democratized and everybody has access to it. And so you see a lot of these new kind of niche creators, right? Or, or smaller creators, content that you never see before. 
that's a which big is change. good and bad. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge change in it, and it's good and it's bad because there are some there's some people, and I may be one of those people at times that you know you should probably have that little TV studio taken out of your hand, and it's like you probably shouldn't do that. So, um, you know, just because maybe you don't have the experience, or you are looking at you know how how does this work for me, and not thinking about what does my audience want, what does my you know what do my customers want. Like those those thirty seconds can sometimes be really um, consuming because let me tell you, like when I write a book, I can write one hundred and thirty thousand words in a couple of months, and and it's a story and it's awesome. But then you tell me, hey, you've got to write a blurb for the back of your book, and it's got to be you know this long, and it's got to summarize the whole book, and it's got to hold somebody's attention, and I freak out, and I'm like, I talk to my editor, I'm like, I need you to write a blurb for my book since you've read it, and then we'll talk about it because that part freaks me out because it has to be so targeted to the consumer um, and it's overwhelming. And so how do you get, how do you get past that? How do you come up with that content that, that will grab attention without being, you know, just all the bells and whistles? That's a great, that's a really great question. And one I was going to talk about is the hook. So on social media, if you watch short form video, or if you look at a lot of things online that grab your attention, they usually start with something called a hook and it's meant to, you know, stop the scroll and to get your attention. So what is a hook? It's something like like that to capture their attention. You know, it could be a shocking statement. It could be a brand name. It could be a celebrity. It could be a, a trending news topic. It can be a, you know, something provocative. It could be a statistic, right? But it's something to, to disrupt that infinite scroll and to say, hey, this is important to you and you you should, you know, uh, listen to it for the for this reason, right? This is important. You you gotta uh, pay attention, right? So that's a that's a really important thing. And there's an entire art to hooks, right? And how to craft a hook, and and uh, you know, just be aware of this. Usually, every single TikTok video or every single high performing short form video doesn't start with, "Hey, my name is Alex Hid, and I want to do this for you." It starts with, "Here's ten websites that should be illegal to know," right? And is it actually illegal? No, it's it's using hyperbole, right? So that's another kind of strategy: using hyperbole, using exaggeration, you know, hype to to build up the video that you're going to tell them. Which is a big difference for people because in school we were taught beginning, middle, climax, end. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's completely reversed. We got to do the climax first, and we got to give them the best piece of information. We got to front load it with the best, and so it's it's a big change, especially for the classical storyteller. Who's all about story development and building and 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 you know a series of events connecting to a larger event and an aha, you know I, I came from that too the Joseph Campbell the hero's journey type of thing and now you just got to start like you know you're the hero already you're super you know so it's a big change definitely a big change for people. It is a huge change now. Thinking about that, um, one of the things that is super important to me and should be important to most business owners is. Uh, having an authenticity, an authenticity to their brand and to 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 their whatever it is they're offering. Um, so, how do you approach something like that while also maintaining that authenticity? Because I don't want to hook somebody and make them think something about me or my work that is not necessarily true. So, how do you how do you grow an online presence and hook people um, without sacrificing who you are and what you stand for? As such a great points so many people deal with that issue like you know kind of the the advice that a lot of people hear is just do authentic storytelling online and they're not wrong but 
I, I look at it this way. You know, most people in life are not authentic with themselves. They're not authentic with their partner. They're not authentic with their friends. They don't speak up in their own life. Authenticity, what's that? They don't live it in their own life. And now you're telling them to go out on a global stage on the internet and be authentic maybe for the first time in their entire life. It's a big ask. And so I don't actually tell people, hey, go out there and do authentic storytelling. It's kind of like saying, hey, you just picked up a guitar. Just play your heart out, buddy. Just play what comes to your heart. I think that's the wrong advice. I think people should be good first. They should learn the technical aspect of it, the tech, how to record it, how to add the captions. What are, what are the things that all these viral videos have in common? What's the structure of it, the hook, the story, the offer? First, you get good, and then you can start to improvise, and you can start to do your own thing, right? But I think a lot of people get caught up with that. It's like, hey, go out there and be authentic on the internet. And they're just like, you know, I, I'm like, no, you know, no way. So when I started my TikTok profile, I started with the most clickbaity, cringy, hey, you know, check this out. And, you know, I just did cringe stuff because I wanted to show people one, nothing bad is going to happen by putting out bad content or content that maybe doesn't reflect you in the best sense of things. Nobody is good at something when they first start it. First time you pick up a basketball, you're not going to sink three pointers. First time you pick up a phone to do short form video, you're not going to make viral TikTok videos. Unless you work with me. No, I'm just joking. Right, but right, right. that's true. But that's true, you know? And so I think people should just, okay, what are other people doing in your industry? What's working? Replicating that. And then modifying that over time once you have the technical side. Because a lot of people, that's where they get really stuck is not only what to say, but then how to record it, how to add captions, how to edit it. What's the pacing? What do you say first? What do you say last, right? How do you drive, you know, all, the, all those kind of technical things. I'd say master that first and then worry about showing up authentically on the internet afterwards. I like it. And I guess a lot of times with when it comes to talking authenticity, it's, you know, don't compromise your values just for the likes and just for the views. Um, I think that's that's a very yeah. key point, you know, if you want to be successful. Otherwise, you will deal with a lot of there's a lot of mental health struggles that come along with, you know, once you start compromising and then you can't stop compromising because you've come to this expectation. So I think um I like, I like that, you know, start with the technical, but also understand that in the back of your mind, you have to hold on to who you are um, just in the long term uh, of it all. That, that is super true. You know, with content creation, you bring up a great point. There is a mental health aspect to it. I noticed this because I've coached hundreds of people on, you know, how to become a business content creator. And there, there's totally an emotional toll that comes to content creation. You know, there's the time allotment. Hey, this video only takes me five minutes to create, but it's 15 minutes of procrastination and 30 minutes of judging yourself. And, you know, I always say this too. The only person who watches your video more than once is you. Nobody else cares. You know, no one else is watching it more than one time, but we will watch the same video five times and, and you know, rack our brain and, oh, I look like such a fool. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody, you know, if it's, if it's, I always say, if it's bad content, then nobody's going to watch it anyways. So don't worry about it. That's true because I am I'm real quick too. Like if it has to catch me or I'm I'm gone, I will not stick around for it. Um, so if someone wanted to authentically grow their online platform or a community, but they just weren't sure where to start, what would be the very first thing that you told them to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say start putting out short form vertical video on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok. 
right? Those platforms, they really push short form video as the easiest way to go from zero to something, to, to gain a little bit of a social media following, to get some traction. If you're in the business side of things, I definitely say LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not short form video. It's much more kind of connection based and private messaging and, and events. I'm big on running LinkedIn events and having online events. Um, but you know, we, we talked about this before, right? If you want reach, which is really important, I think most businesses struggle, not because they don't have a great product, not because they're a bad salesperson or their website sucks. It's like what you said earlier, you know, nobody knows who you are at the end of the day. And so you have to get known. People can't buy from you unless they know you. So first you have to get known and the best way to get known if you're coming from zero is short form vertical video because of the distribution style, how there's that viral aspect to it. And you see this, you know, sometimes if people are skilled or they have an understanding of how to use short form video, they can grow a business overnight, right? Just through viral content creation, which is a huge, huge change. Like this style of advertising a small business was not available for us five years ago. It was a lot YouTube and, and building these groups that would take so long, right? Or building a YouTube channel up over a number of years. And now you see people building YouTube channels, TikTok channels, Instagram channels, like I said, overnight, you know, with a couple of short form video videos, if they're, if they're skilled and technical. So that's what I would say. So thinking about the, um, the platforms, you mentioned Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, which one do you see? Because here's, here's the thing with me, like, my my audiences on all three are so different and you know everybody's like well just reuse material and i'm like i can't because the people that i'm talking to on facebook are not the same people i'm talking to on tiktok and so um if you had choose one like one platform to tell people to focus on what would you suggest i would say youtube i would say youtube because it's integrated into google so if you have a great youtube channel it creates something called a um a business, a brand account. So when you create a YouTube channel and allocate something called a brand account, and if you're an online business, that brand account is really important. And by growing that YouTube channel, you're growing your brand account and your searchability on Google. Okay. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone there. You're ranking on YouTube, which is very search-based. Yes, there's short form vertical video on there, but it's still kind of the search-based platform. And so things like affiliate offers, things like selling products, um, monetization, getting paid for the content that you create. YouTube is traditionally the best platform for that. Um, it's really great to collaborate on, do a podcast, you know, and they just released YouTube podcasting too. Mm -hmm. So that's a new feature. I don't know if you know this, but YouTube is actually the largest podcasting platform on the planet. It's bigger than Spotify. It's bigger than Apple podcast. More people listen to podcasts on YouTube than any other platform. And just in the last couple of months, they released YouTube podcasting, which allows people to watch your YouTube video in an audio only format. So that's another huge thing. So when I look at kind of, you know, if you have to pick one, which I do suggest people do because it's just too much to do all yeah. six or eight or 10 of them, focus on YouTube because you can do every type of content on there. You can do posts, you can do long form video, you can do podcasts, you can do short form video, integrates into Google. So yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube, I would also say is, is probably the hardest to grow on mm -hmm. as well. But it's one that if you put effort into it and you build it over time, it, it will benefit you, you know, now and into the future. As opposed to something like TikTok, which TikTok is great for that viral growth, but it's brutal because it doesn't matter how many followers you have on TikTok. It doesn't matter how many views you got in the past. It's the only, you know, your next video, it, it, it kind of starts from zero. So I, I have a large TikTok following. I have over 40,000 followers on TikTok. 
but my next video I post has to be, you know, just as good as the previous ones in order for it to actually get views. So, um, yeah, as opposed to, I like, that's why I'm really focusing on YouTube because it just kind of integrates that predictable, um, you know, kind of source of income for me. Yeah. And I, I do, I, whenever somebody's like, Hey, where did you see that? And it's like on YouTube, you just send them a link to YouTube. Like that is the normal thing. Everybody has, yeah. everybody knows YouTube. So that makes perfect sense that that would be where you would start. Um, now with YouTube, there's a lot of, um, technical jargon, like with your, your SEOs and all of this kind of thing. Is that something that when you coach somebody through social media, is that something that you explain to them in detail or? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think the advantage of me as a coach is I'm a technician. I do everything myself. I don't just hypothetically think this is how to grow a podcast. I've grown a podcast. It's not how to hypothetically grow a YouTube channel or a TikTok channel. I've done those things myself. I know every single part of the process. And so I call it high intensity handholding where I walk like people step-by-step, step, click by click on every single step so they can learn it for themselves. So I don't, you know, have to, you know, kind of do it all for them, right? Every single time they need to get it done. I like to teach people step-by-step, click-by-click exactly what to do so they can take it, take it and run. That's fantastic. So you mentioned earlier um, about it's a good idea when creators collaborate. Um, talk about how that kind of works and how that looks. Like, what are some of the best pairings you've seen? Have you seen it go really badly? Like, Yeah. Well, partnerships are hard, okay? Mm -hmm. Our marriages are hard. Our relationships with our friends are hard. You know, having relationships with, you know, content creators you kind of know, and then you put money into the equation, it can get really sticky really fast. Um, so that that's kind of the, you know, trouble. It's like, make sure you, you kind of define the terms of the collaboration you know, and what, and what's all entailed and be cautious about going into business with people and, and cutting things 50, 50 be, you know, because it, it's very, you know, relationships are hard, especially when money is involved. Um, mm -hmm. but what I've always liked to do is share those platforms. So I've developed an audience and, and Jennifer, you've developed an audience and we can create content like we're doing now and then mm -hmm. share that out and it benefits you and it benefits me. They get to see you. Wow. She's an amazing podcast. host. she has an amazing podcast. I'm going to go watch more of her episodes because Alex was a great guest. And I benefit because, you know, I'm getting out to your audience and people are learning about me. And then we can share this on our social media sites. We can share this on LinkedIn together. We can do a joint post. We can share this on YouTube through the community tab. And, and that's a great benefit. I, I showed, I, I collaborated with a person named Corey ASMR. He has over 300,000 followers on YouTube. He reposted my video to his community tab on YouTube. It's a form of that collaboration that we talked about. And it's my most popular video I've ever had. So I always look for those things. Like how can we use our social media accounts that, we've, that we're all building to combine those audience into something I call collective reach so we can expand even farther, right? Because the thing about social media is it, it's momentum-based. The big creators get bigger and bigger. And a lot of us get stuck in the small creator mode. We're never able to break out of that kind of hundred to a thousand to five thousand followers, and then once you really start building that, the views and the community and 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 the, the subscribers, they, it starts to have an exponential impact because, you know, those subscribers start liking your videos. More likes lead to more views. More views lead to more comments. More comments lead to more shares, and so it has this compounding or, like I said, cascading and exponentially increasing kind of effect. So that's really why I, I I like to target. You know, I like to help the was kind of new to medium-sized creators and then using collaboration to boost them up to a higher level of visibility.
and, and it's not it's not something you have to pay for either. I mean, it's free to collaborate. It's free, so that's a great a great thing too. We don't have to pay. You know, that was the traditional form. If you wanted to get out there to more people, pay, right? Mm -hmm. But if you grow social media followings, that's that organic reach that you don't have to pay for. Yeah, and I think it is so important. You know, be careful who you hit your cart to, um, because I had um, an experience last year that was it was kind of little nerve rattling where um, there was a collaboration we were doing really well. And then there were some personal things that all of a sudden just came up out of nowhere. And it was like, we just, we cut ties immediately. And it was kind of, it was hurtful because, you know, you're creating this connection uh, and a friendship you think. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, buddy. So yeah, you kind of have to be careful who, who you collaborate with, because also that kind of, for me, it goes back to that, um, the brand that I want people to see when they think about me, like what do they immediately think of? And so you have to also be careful not to um, join forces too closely with somebody who may not have the same values as you. Not that we have to be exactly the same, um, but we have to have the same goal in the end. It's hard because we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs, and so we pivot a lot. And we change directions a lot. And and I, I talk to people every single time I talk to them, it's something new. You know, they're in a different direction. They're, they're having a, they have a different product offer. Um, so I would just say, you know, it's really important to find somebody who has shared interest, but is not competing, mm. you know, so they have a similar interest. Maybe they have a similar niche, but they're not directly competing with you. And you're not trying to go for the same customers for the same business. Um, but, you know, I, I really kind of discourage people from collaborating as much as I'm kind of a, you know, solopreneur in that sense. Like I like to work alone and I've kind of had some you know, collaborations that similar to you, you know, we're working together and then things change and then you never talk to them again and you never see them again. It's no hard feelings. It's, it's business. But, um, I just learned, you know, collaborations are hard, you know, when money gets involved, it gets even harder. Um, so that's why I like these kind of loose ties or kind of loose collaborations where, Hey, let's just create some content. Let's share it out to our audience. Maybe we have an affiliate offer, you know, and that's how we're getting paid. So I really like that affiliate offer track of like, Hey, we don't have to, share businesses and share everything 50 50 but here's an affiliate link and if it if it brings me business well then you're going to get paid out on and you'll get a commission so i think that's a great way to collaborate is through the, the affiliate style i like it that's good um okay so if you could offer listeners just one piece of advice or encouragement what would that be i would say put yourself out there there's nothing to lose there's everything to gain um I was a person who was very shy about social media. I didn't want to do it. And I got to a point in my life where I just said, what the heck do I have to lose? And I gained a whole business, a whole income. My life is so much better now. And I was all through just kind of being brave and putting myself out there. And secondly, um, you know, people, your life will totally surprise you as far as what you're going to do, what you're capable of, the opportunities that will arise. You're one connection one day one second away from your whole life being different you know this sounds like everything was super easy for me or i just got on social media and i had immediate success after covid i was unemployed for a year i drove delivery seven hours or 12 hours a day seven days a week i was twenty five thousand dollars in credit card debt and i was thinking how is this ever going to change for me and so it wasn't all easy it, um and it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of me putting myself out there and um and struggling, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the time, but it all built up and, uh, paid off in the end. So if people are on the fence about putting themselves on out there on social media, because 
they're afraid of what could come from it or they are they are shy or you know i just say um push through that as much as you can put yourself out there in any way that you can to get yourself comfortable because it is a muscle that grows over time you're not going to be the best basketball player the first time you pick up a basketball you're not going to be comfortable in front of the camera the first time you're on camera um and you'll develop these kind of scripts and things to say and you'll find your own style in your own way as you do it so just be you know like just be a I, I always say you know be a practitioner of things just do it instead of um you know thinking about it or advising or telling other people what to do. just go out there and do it yourself i love that because sometimes you don't know until you try you know and then even if you fail you don't know maybe that just wasn't the right outlet for you maybe try something different um i had a, a woman who she's like I have been working on my novel for 10 years and I just sat there and went 10 years. That's a long time to have put in so much effort. I was like, so why haven't you published it? And she was like, I just, I don't think it's good enough. And I keep starting over. And I'm like, how do you know it's not good enough if you've never let anybody read it? You know, you've written all of these words and you put all this effort into it. So like, if, if you want to do it, you have to just do it. Is it terrifying? Absolutely. Are you putting part of yourself out there for the world to judge? Yes. Could it have massive returns? 100%. Great example. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, and it's just, it's, I don't know. You just have to just, just blindly walk into it sometimes. <laughs> so it's 100%. 100%. You got to take a leap of faith. You got to take a leap of faith and, you know, leave some things up to chance. Oh, that is not for some of us who are, you know, OCD type A planners at heart, but it's worth it in the end, especially when it works out. Um, or when you learn something new about yourself, that's one thing that um, just over the last two years has been an amazing journey of self-discovery just through um, taking these steps that I had never taken before and just going, oh, I think I'm going to try something new today. And then it's like, oh, I love what I'm doing that I never knew that I would love doing before. So, yes, you just have that, to jump in there. That's really powerful. I, I think that people do go through that process of self-discovery because when you point that camera at yourself and push record the question comes up, what do I actually have to say? Yeah. What do I have to say that's unique and different than everybody else? Mm -hmm. So that could be really scary for people, but it can also be a really um, amazing, you know, kind of tool for self-development as well. So yeah, great point. It there. is. Yes. Thank you. So, all right. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you and with your services. Sure. So I host a lot of these different online events and online trainings. So if you want to go to some of these free events to learn about social media or podcasting or sales online, um, you can go to my website, which is called obn.events, Oscar Bravo Nancy dot events, OBN events. And we have a lot of different free events on there that everyone's welcome to attend. And you can also find me on social media. My um, YouTube channel is called the Creator Tutorials channel. So we do a lot of how-to videos, tutorials for content creators, for, for creators online. And I have, uh, you know, my own podcast, the uh, Creator Tutorials Podcast, which gives people a behind-the-scenes look into the world's best creators. So a lot of different ways to find me out there on social media. Um, and I would love to meet everybody on one of the events in the future. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to share that. Yes, and all of that will be listed in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. So Alex, what else you got for us today? That's it. That's it. I, I think I think we we covered a lot of ground today. I really appreciate the great interview. I, I think I talked about some things I haven't talked about here uh, before. So it was, it was really, really fun. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Oh, absolutely. Thanks for hanging out with me and, and for kicking off the second season of Connected Conversations for Creatives. I hope we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And authors, if you are listening and looking for more resources to write better stories and more relatable characters, visit my website, jcarwrites.com authors. And to everyone listening, go unlock your creative potential, embrace your authentic self, and look for opportunities to create new, genuine connections.